Hey folks and welcome to another episode of The Numbers Game. This is the show where we're sharing the story around the podcast host, uh, our content journey, our SaaS journey, all of the things that we're doing and sharing as much of the data and the experiments that we're running as possible to help you guys to improve your own show, to grow an audience. That's what it all comes down to. It's growing an audience. It's attracting more people to be fans of your brand and we're sharing as much as we can about how we're doing that ourselves. So I'm joined this time by Matthew. Hey, Matthew. Yeah, I'm a man with many fans myself. Oh, uh, yeah, not yeah. a day goes by where I don't enter this building. There's not a, a group of <laughs> fans running after me. So, um, Is that that crowd yeah. of people I saw outside this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Mainly wear police uniforms and yeah. handing out warrants. I just saw a bunch of people with like, yeah, yeah, just quite strange looking folk. Is that your, <laughs> yeah. All the eye patches and stuff like that's that. That's my cult. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've, I've been uh, drafted into this podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, apparently you've been recording away behind the scenes as well. <laughs> well, the, so, the name was your idea in the first place. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've kind of tied it into, I suppose it's kind of evolved a little bit from just talking about audience, wasn't it, originally? Just talking about more the teaching side of things into something a bit more, oh, I hate using this word, but a bit more real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as in telling the story of what we are doing and how we are going about building audience and the experiments. And stuff. I'm obsessed. You're probably bored with me talk, saying the word experiments by now, I'm sure. It's like being in a science lab. <laughs> Talking about the data and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's the idea. Anyway, right, let's go into the structure of the show. So as I mentioned last time around, we're going to start off by talking about the progress we've made, talking about the story for the last um, the last week, uh, then into the data as well of what's uh, going on right now. But as you know, if you listen to the last episode, I'm going into the backstory at the moment. So this isn't the format that's going to be ongoing. Normally, we'd talk about what's happened in the last week, some lessons from that, basically uh, how our audience is growing, how our traffic is growing, real stats behind the podcast, the content that we're doing, uh, and the income we're making as well. But because this is only episode two still, still in the backstory. So we finished up last time at the end of 2014, where... Basically, that was when we just started to, well, when I just started to take this a bit more seriously. I was finishing up the PhD at that point and starting to think about what to do beyond that. So it was figuring out how to stop being a part-time student, a lazy student, and turn it into <laughs> a business. And really, I mean, it, it's not quite true because I was I was already running a podcast host as a business at that point. It just wasn't probably making quite enough to support me fully by that point. Um, so at this point, it was trying to do the PhD and working a lot more on the website to get it built out. Um, it was early then that I took, that you came on, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, about 2015. Well, we we met at uh, the UK podcast conference in yeah, 2014. Yeah, um, I think we met in the bar. Mm-hmm. Fairly fitting uh, after you'd given you the your talk there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I think we. Um, I don't think we kept in regular contact after that. No, no, um, no. It was a while. I remember. I met. I remember meeting you guys. I remember finding out that you were based up here, and that was what kind of caught my attention. The only thing I remember from the conference and meeting you guys was, I'm sure it might have been this way around. It might not have been. It was you basically ushering Robert out of the bar and stumbling along the way because <laughs> you, you both uh, had a few pints there. Yeah, we had. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so first it, impressions count. Oh, naturally. For a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, and it was, I think it was April. 2015 where I that was me starting to think about building this out making it a bit more serious 
really starting to ramp up the content we were doing. That was the main thing I was thinking right then. It was, no, there was two sides of things. It was it was ramp up the content, so build on what was working already. Because at that point, uh, and I mentioned in the last podcast, by that point we were up to, um, I think we were up to, where were we now in affiliate? Start of 2015, uh it was a few hundred by that point. No, start of 2015, we're on 1,400 by that point. So 1,400 uh, pounds a month by the start of 2015. So that was what I was saying about it wasn't quite enough to support, you know, a full-time wage plus running a business, but it was definitely a indication that things were working. So start of 2015, I started to think about how to ramp up that affiliate income. And basically that means more content because what was working was the equipment articles. And the other side of it was I wanted to start to take on clients as well. So I wanted to start to take on some production clients. And the only thing I knew for sure about the production client stuff was that I didn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> not because I don't like doing it, because I do enjoy doing audio editing, but because that's not that shouldn't be my job in the business going on. And like you can't grow the business if you're doing the, the technician stuff of actually doing the editing and things like that. So it was those two things, I think. I wanted you to take on. I thought you're a, you're audio editing extraordinaire with your audio drama background. So it was bringing you into to basically that was your first job, wasn't it? it was editing the client stuff. Yeah. Um, and you weren't employed at that point, were you? It was basically a, a like a payment per episode. Yeah, it was part time basis. I was still uh, well. I was I was doing my sound production degree at the uni, um, and I was also still working on the golf course as well, uh, being a greenkeeper. Yeah. So, um, a wee bit of part-time work, but you know it was something I really wanted to get into. So yeah, it was, yeah. um, it was. I think we were we were juggling about four four clients initially. I think. Aye, so that yeah, so that's part of the story as well, wasn't it? We started off with launched with I think two clients right away, wasn't it? That was the f- that was where it started, and then grew up to four within a few couple of months, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So by the middle of two thousand fifteen, we're working with four production clients for different companies that we were helping to build out a podcast and they were all brand new weren't they they were all shows that they came to us to design them and then uh produce them going onwards weren't they yeah yeah so it was a kind of mentorship as well wasn't it mm-hmm. you're helping with the like what they're going to talk about yeah, doing yeah. a bit of interview skills yeah totally um, the funny thing is as well like uh richard uh, of the property voice podcast he i think he was maybe our first client and he's still with us today yeah, aye, like although we don't do production we've kept richard on yeah um, so he's he's still with us yeah so. yeah definitely hi um and a few of the other ones dropped off after maybe six months because they graduated i suppose into been able to run it themselves like yeah. they they had refined it they'd honed it down so that they just had a really simple process and therefore they knew what they were doing they know what they're talking about and then they moved on to just doing it themselves which is fine which is great i mean that's like that's kind of well it's not exactly what you aim for when you're doing a production business but it's a it's a good outcome yeah <laughs> as long as yeah. the show's still going Aye. <laughs> <laughs> um so another couple of things that were going on during 2015 which helped us grow it not just helped actually powered the whole thing really was I started to look into funding at that point so I was finishing up the PhD uh, and I started to look at I was in a lucky position that there are quite a few funding options out there for people who are coming straight out uni uh, so whether that's um, undergrads as a degree or whether it's um, postgrads so masters and um, and PhD stuff uh, so I was looking into them but by all means they're not all limited to that either so I'll talk about a few of the different funding things first of which was Enterprise Campus so if you're a student out there in the UK Enterprise Campus are a great 
uh, organization that help you get started. They help you with a bit of funding up to five grand, but also um, some support and mentoring too. And I'm sure whatever you are in the world, if you have a look around for that kind of stuff, that real early stage not seed fund, seed funding is a different concept really in the investment world, but I see it as it's kind of a seed for a uh, very start of a business, like just up to 5,000 or so. So that was a really useful one. Enterprise campus are all across Scotland, but if you search for things like um, student support or um, student funding for business, enterprise, look for the enterprise um, department within your university, you'll find funds like these. Um, and if you're not a university, if you're just a local business, places like um, British um, Business Gateway, Scottish Enterprise, uh, places like that can point you towards these funds. If you're not in the UK, they're both UK based. In the US, I'm sure there's organisations out there, local businesses, the Chamber of Commerce, that type of thing that can point you towards these type of small funds. And I found that it took a bit of time. They're a wee bit time consuming, maybe a day or so for an application. But if you can source, say, five, ten thousand pounds or ten thousand dollars for that bit of time, it's it takes a lot of the pressure off. That kind of funding and that support helped us in the early days because it meant that we didn't have to go all in on just spending loads of times on sales, growing tons of clients. It meant that we had a bit of a wee bit of a safety net in terms of um, picking and choosing who we'd work with, in terms of starting to grow the content, because obviously that's kind of long-term game. Um, so definitely worth it. Yeah, you mentioned there, I mean, it obviously takes time to to put applications for these things in, but you're essentially buying time, aren't you? Because yeah, if yeah. it comes off, then you've got like a bit of breathing space to yeah. like plan what you want to do rather than just taking on whatever you can because yeah. you know the bills are due basically. Yeah, yeah for sure. And the, I mean, the enterprise campus one took maybe a day to get, so sort of three or four thousand pounds. So I mean, that's a pretty good investment of time. Uh, and the next one I got was the enterprise, an enterprise fellowship, which is a support scheme in the UK, uh, which is amazing. It gives you basically about £50,000 worth of funding over a year in the form of a salary. <laughs> so you get paid a salary to build your business and you also get mentored. And it's probably the more important. I mean, the money is absolutely um, invaluable, but even more invaluable, even more priceless, I suppose, is the support, the mentoring that we got through that. It was people, I was working with mentors who had built multi-million pound businesses and sold them and had gone through that whole experience. And that was just so worthwhile I mean a similar type of thing to that is incubators I suppose there's lots of incubators throughout the US throughout the UK Australia whereby you can get in there you can apply for support and they'll actually put a little bit of funding into the business or they'll just give you free um, mentoring and free logistics so like a desk and uh, Wi-Fi and stuff like that and it just it takes so much pressure off so it's worthwhile having a look into that um, and I found they're relatively easy to get as long as you put a bit of planning in as long as you read the instructions. <laughs> but I'll come back to that. That'll be the action later on, the lessons later on. Let's continue the story for now. Um, because the next point is our offices. So when you actually came on full time as an employee, that was about uh, September, October, wasn't it? No, it was August. August oh, was it August, was it? Uh, cool. 2015. Yes. It been. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah because uh, it was just after the um, New Media Europe down in Manchester uh -huh. like we were down there and then the um, basically the Monday or the Tuesday I was getting started full time but yeah. at that time you just had like your PhD desk so yeah, yeah. I turned up I mean I was I was a student at the uni so I knew my way around but I was <laughs> yeah. turning up with a laptop and it was kind of like 
just find a table somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just like uh, the loads of problems there with Wi-Fi and stuff like that <laughs> as well. So um, when we got like, I think it took us about four or five days when we got the keys to the first office. Yeah. It was just so good just to have like, I was like, you know, put a computer here and that's yeah. me. It's, I've got a desk. Yes. <laughs> it's the simple yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, a place to be every day where you can yeah. actually put some stuff out and it'll still be there next day. You don't have to worry about it getting nicked overnight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was just, it was good to feel like we were set up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was a, for me, that was a massive transition. That was like, it was suddenly a lot more serious uh, and and it was made easier. So you can get an office anywhere. I mean, we've got this office now, which is we, we're paying for and anyone can do that and you can get them relatively cheap. But uh I probably wouldn't have risked it at that point because the income still wouldn't have supported both of us plus an office. It wouldn't have even supported both of us actually at all. I couldn't have taken you on without the fellowship funding at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily enough, the fellowship came with uh, a desk. So it was basically an, in- an incubator type arrangement. Um, so yeah, we got an office at Aberty for that. <laughs> there was all sorts of problems with being in Aberty for the year, to be honest. Uh, working within a university, an academic network. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, even some of the more the more practical issues, like the the communal kitchen in our in our <laughs> we we were in this like attic corridor. Um, above the yeah. gym and like Aye. an old building the arse uh, end of the whole university yeah. it was basically where they put like furniture to die you've genuinely <laughs> you've never seen a, a smaller fridge yeah uh, like I brought milk in one day and I was like I can't put milk in there like it's <laughs> it's smaller than the milk carton this fridge so um, yeah. I weaned myself off milk at that point now oh, I've yeah. black coffee so you yeah. know just thanks yeah. to well I see it helped your cholesterol your your, your trimmer I, I save 90 pence a week now exactly. so yeah, um, yeah. I could put yeah. that in other things <laughs> but yeah there was just that it was a mindset thing we we built our studio well i say built we constructed a studio in there out of um out of panels like these behind me uh and uh, shelves and all that kind of stuff but even having that space it wasn't ideal because there was it wasn't closed off so mm. i mean you had to try and be silently typing yeah. the other side of the little partition but it was there was a big change there I think for me it was my mindset was much different it was suddenly full time and, and I'd finished a PhD as well so I was full time yeah. and thanks to the fellowship both of us were being paid an actual wage which probably shouldn't take for granted like a lot of people start in this kind of business they're not There's that's quite a luxury to be honest to be able to take actually a, a reasonable wage it wasn't massive by any means but <laughs> at least we could pay our bills and we yeah. didn't have to worry too much about that um and it meant that we could invest the affiliate money. So basically you were paid off the affiliate income and the producer income, like editing work. And I was paid off the fellowship funding. Uh, and then the surplus, which at that point was probably late. To, so late 2015, just to go to uh, revenue, just to talk into the story, by... Um, end of 2015 we doubled our income basically so start of 2015 the affiliate income was 1400 end of 2015 it was 2800 so it was almost exactly i think when i looked at the stats it was pretty much double exactly so that was a huge growth that was traffic really it was really the biggest difference there was the traffic grew a fair bit um we started building out the content so you started writing some articles around then too i was concentrating more on creating affiliate income So that could pay you, plus we actually had money to invest into events, into advertising, into, you know, um, paying for some visibility like social media marketing, that type of stuff. So that was, there was a big mindset shift through 2015 where it was suddenly much more, 
professional, try to sell ourselves much more. We're starting to create SOPs and, you know, try to figure out ways where we could make it more scalable, like figuring out how you can take a holiday and we can still manage the production stuff. <laughs> <laughs> have we figured that out now? Oh, no. <laughs> no, we have not. That is actually the main reason we stopped doing production stuff. Because <laughs> I don't necessarily want to grow a team just for the sole purpose of being able to take holidays. <laughs> Growing a team around my holidays, yeah. it's uh, fairly extravagant. So, um, but it's funny because that is pretty much how it got to. And I think a lot of people think they have to grow a team, but I, we decided at that point that we didn't want to grow a team without good reason. And that wasn't a good reason. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, so I wanted to take, in this episode, I wanted to go through to uh, the first half of 2016 in terms of the story. So, yeah, at, at the start of 2016, I've got written down here thinking like an organisation. I think that's, I think that's, that's part of the mindset. I was starting to think like, think bigger. So it wasn't just the two of us even. It wasn't just, it certainly wasn't just me. It wasn't even just the two of us. It was thinking more like um, planning forward to when we did have a team. And it was uh, reading E-Myth Revisited. You've read that as well, haven't you? Right, yeah, you gave me a shot of it. Yeah, yeah. About systems and, and even if you're a one-man band, planning ahead to when you will have a team of 10 people because it just makes, even if you stay only one person, it still makes your your business more robust, mm-hmm. um, more sort of, uh, yeah, more systematised. It's all like terrible buzzwords, but <laughs> it's, it's actually true. Like we started creating a standard operating procedures, that's the SOPs, so that anyone could take on any bit of the work at any point and it would just work. And that made a huge difference actually, even for me, like the stuff that I do only once a month and be able to just go and look at this list of stuff to do and not have to figure it out every single time makes a big difference. So yeah. Uh, 2016, the start, was thinking of like an organisation. That was a theme at that point, I think. Um, and one thing we did then was a real... like. So we ramped up the content during 2015, but when I say that, I mean, we were still only doing a couple a week, max, I would say, articles or podcasts. So I was up from the like one every two weeks or one every month, which was 2014. Um, but 2016, I decided where we're going to do an experiment where we try daily blogging for three months so the first three months of 2016 we put a daily blog uh weekdays so five so it was what 20 a month um and you were involved pretty heavily in that as well weren't you that was we were putting out a couple each um what can you remember the main stuff we were putting out there it was it was there was a lot of kit stuff but it was there was a lot of just basic questions wasn't there yeah that was a lot of it was to do with just um getting questions and through the website yeah. and if someone's got that question, more people will have it, and um, it made sense just to write an article with yeah. that question. It was it was kind of creating that base content, wasn't it? Like people would give us questions all the time, either on the either by email, by Twitter, or through the comments, and it was really creating a bunch of answers that we can just point people towards, so we didn't have to type out these damn things every time, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, because <laughs> I realised at that point, I think that we just hadn't we hadn't covered that base level, like how long should a podcast be, how how do you record on Skype, all that kind of base stuff mm-hmm. that we talk to people about all the time but we've never actually written solid answers to so that that was interesting because it was hard work um and the main block at that point was me as an editor like actually editing the stuff so that's when we did take on somebody else so um in fact a friend of yours <laughs> yap yeah. audio He's uh, basically our, our, our hostile takeover of yap audio was complete at that point because yeah. we took on robert um, Robert Cudmore at that point as the editor basically so he came in more as a writer than a podcaster 
uh, although he did end up doing a fair bit of podcasting, being a great voiceover artist like he is. So that was in April. Um, and that really helped us to ramp up the contents. So we were starting to put stuff out every single day at that point. And the traffic over 2016 to the middle of 2016 just jumped, uh, I think, massively because of that. That was a huge difference to, to what we saw. Um, in terms of traffic growth, we were up to at the start of 2016. To see, through 2015, it was actually relatively slow growth, I think. Um, it was only about one and a half times. So we started 2015 with 350 visits, users, sorry, per day. And we ended 2015 with 550 users per day. So one and a half times through a whole year. Not great, considering we're ramping up our content. But I think it was to do with lack of focus. Like, we weren't really thinking about any particular strategy around, like, and I probably wasn't even thinking too much about these questions that we're talking about. So it wasn't a huge, it, it didn't make a massive difference. But through 2016, we saw a much bigger growth. Um, and I'll talk about that in the next show because that'll take us up to now. So we'll talk about through 2016 what happened with the numbers in terms of uh, the traffic because um, we saw a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of success through there. Um, but certainly, uh, like I say, at the start of 2016, we were at that 2,800 affiliate revenue uh, with only 550 users per day. So if you want an idea of how... Um, you know, how affiliates, affiliate revenue stacks up with traffic. That's what we're on. 550 unit users a day and about 2,800 uh, through a few different things, mainly Amazon affiliate. But uh, so that's Amazon US and Amazon UK, uh, but also a few little tools like things like Pretty Link and other stuff like that. Um, and I think around that point, our production income was, yeah, we're running about four yeah, it was probably about 1,100, 1,100, uh, sort of 1,000, 1,100 per month at that point. That was working with four clients, wasn't it? So um, so my, the full revenue was about 4,000 by the start of 2016. So yeah, that's an idea of where we were by that point. So I hope that story was um, interesting to you. One thing I'll just add to it in terms of the revenue was the fact that um, we also launched our first couple of courses during 2016. We were hoping that they would increase our revenue a fair bit and start selling regular courses. Uh, we launched Podcast Liberation during 2015. Yeah, September 2000. No, it was early 2015 actually we launched that and hoped that that would grow. And to be honest, the standalone courses didn't do half as well as we hoped. Mm. I think I sold about 40 on the launch at two at $150. And then basically it was like one every month. <laughs> yeah. And that was with a good bit of traffic coming through. So like four to 500 people a day coming onto the site, um, being directed towards this, quite focused towards that type of person. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's a funny one that I think it, it didn't stand out enough, basically. I think it wasn't unique enough. It wasn't different enough from the other courses out there. Um, and it was still, we were still getting a lot of hobbyists on the, the site and a lot of people who are quite into their kit. So that was our kind of focus at that point. Uh and those type of people, people that are really into their equipment, probably don't need a podcast launch course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think probably that first course, even though it's, you yeah, imagine it's the first one we need to do because it's a launch one. It probably wasn't the best choice, actually, yeah. at that point. <clears throat> so 
that's the story, basically. That takes us up to mid-2016. And like I said, in the next episode, we'll go into 2016 up to now. So that's basically looking to where we are right now as a business. And that'll set the stage for future episodes where we're going to update you on our progress throughout the year. Um, We'll give out some goals, we'll see where we're trying to aim and uh, keep you updated on that progress. So that takes us on to the uh, the lessons section of the show, uh, basically taking out what we can from the story of the week of what's happened in the last week. And like I said, we're on still on the backstory, so I'm still taking lessons from what we learned uh, from growing the business up to where we are just now. And this time around, I think it's about funding. It's about all those things out there that you can you can apply for. Yeah, you've uh, you've you've told the listener that there's all this gold out there. So I mean, how how do you get it? How do you go about actually getting this magical funding? Um, well, we mentioned a few things like how you can source it in the first place. So this is what I would say to you now: go out there, try and find a local business support organisation. There's almost always locally supported ones, as in government funded almost. So if they're in the UK. The first stop is always Business Gateway or Scottish Enterprise, or you sometimes get local based ones which are, um, you know, a business club or something like that, or maybe an angel syndicate or somebody that's based in your city. So you get the nationwide ones like Business Gateway, but have a look at the sort of more close knit ones as well that's just based in your city. Um, In terms of the applications, though, (laughs) the, the applications I found funny because there's a lot of people out there applying for them. And they don't seem to uh, have a lot of success, a lot of people I was talking to. So I've had quite a lot of questions since then about how did you get the enterprise campus funding, the fellowship funding, and then smart funding too, which is what's taken us towards now. So I haven't mentioned the smart funding yet, but I'll talk about that on the next episode because that's really the story of mid-2016 onwards. But that's about £100,000 worth of funding as well. Government funded, basically free, quite soft money. The lessons I've learned from it are that it's actually quite easy to get these things if you just bloody read the instructions on the form. <laughs> I've got, I don't want to digress too much, <laughs> but if because uh, this, this is a wee bit relevant. Yeah. Um, just the other day, this this is something, a screenshot that's been going around the internet sure. for a while now. Yeah. It's the girl who applied for a job and tried to attach her CV, but she attached a photo of Nicolas Cage. Uh, and it's a screenshot of the email being received the thing that annoyed me the most about that was reading the email it was like I saw your uh, I saw your job uh, advert in the job centre I'm looking for some more information and it's like the information would have been there um, and you've asked me for more so it's it's a bit like that isn't it like have the initiative the, the info that you need is all going to be there. Yeah. Like, don't pester people. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm assuming it, anyway. No, it's absolutely right. It's amazing how much it makes you stand out if all you do is actually give them everything they're asking for. And we found this with our job applications recently. Like, a surprising amount of people, we put a really clear outline how to apply. It was some. It was a cover letter, a CV, but we also wanted a couple of bits of content because we've been hiring for people who do content, asking them to send us a written article and a 60-second clip. And it's amazing how many people just didn't send them. They're like, oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't read the instructions. Like, what? well, okay, you're not getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same for funding. If you're going to spend a day filling in a funding form, don't miss out a section, don't miss out a requirement, don't even digress a little bit. So the, the fellowship funding is a good example of this, and I helped, I've helped i helped a few people with this since then. The fellowship form is big. It's about 3,000, 4,000 words you've got to apply. It takes you three or four or five days. It's a week-long job, but it's a lot of funding. It's 50 grand. It's more than that because you get expenses too. So it's worth the time. But 
the amount of people that I've helped with it that I've read through it and at the top of every single section on this form, it says, right, uh, so for example, um, tell us about your target market. Outline uh, the size of the market, where you're going to target first and uh, like uh, an idea of your ideal customer. So it gives you really specific examples there of what they want you to include. And the amount of people I've seen have done it and not answer those questions at all. They start mm-hmm. talking about target market, but they don't include these details that they've been specifically asked for. Yeah. And this is like, I feel stupid talking about this because it's quite obvious, but the only reason I mention it is because of how many people I've seen not do it. <laughs> I think, honestly, top 20, you'll be in the top 20% straight away if you just do that, if you just answer the questions that you're asked. It's and ridiculous. Answering those type <clears throat> of questions, it's about like bullet pointing what you want to answer before you go into <laughs> writing it. Because I, I get the impression you'd be concentrating on the grammar and everything, whereas you actually want to decide, like, what are my answers to this? Yeah, rather yeah, than just yeah. saying, well, you know... Um, so uh, yeah. doing that proofreading reading through a form before you fill it out yeah. and getting someone else to check it too as well actually that's a good point yeah it's getting some getting some feedback because uh, it doesn't matter even if you do answer all the questions you might have um, there might be something a bit confusing because you know it so well or you know somebody else can always give you a bit of feedback no matter who they are um, the other thing I wanted to mention as well was uh, the fact that it's not just the funding like that, but competitions and awards as well. I found that it's it's actually relatively easy to get nominated for awards. If not win it, you've won an award. I'm not saying that was easy, but like it's possible for people that aren't famous, yeah. <laughs> that don't have massive businesses or massive podcasts, it's possible to win these awards. Um and even if they don't come with monetary recognition, they sometimes come with visibility. Um, even if you don't win the award, if you get nominated, it's there's cred- there's credibility, there's authority, there's there's a lot of visibility. Often these awards will promote your business or your podcast or whatever you do just by being nominated. Um, I mean, there's something I've entered just now called the Engage Invest Exploit system, which is designed really to help you get investment, to search for investment, to meet investors. But a big part of it is that you pitch on stage in front of 600 people in Edinburgh. And so it doesn't matter whether I'm going to get investment or not. I get to talk to 600 people about what I'm doing just now. Uh, So things like that you can apply for uh, that gives you huge visibility and the possibility of getting funding as well. Uh, so look around for things like that. There's loads of them out there. Just get involved in the ecosystems, the startup ecosystems around where you are, the the business organisations, the support there. Um, and the people you meet through these things is hugely valuable too. So the fellowship was funding, it was logistics, it was, it was expenses, but it was also a cohort of people who I've learned so much from and have friends in now that help me with business problems. So uh, definitely go out there and look for it and don't, discount yourself being able to get it even if you're a little one-man band just starting up not even getting any revenue yet if you have a good idea of what you want to do you've got solid plan you can put down some realistic figures um, and you can read instructions then definitely try applying anyway because it's it's easier than you think Welcome back to the numbers game and this time we're on to the experiment side of the show. So this is where we talk about all of the things, the practical hints and tips, the real work that we're doing to try and grow our own audience and trying to help you guys come along with us and actually do the experiments as well. So first we're talking progress, what we're working on right now and then actions that we can get you to take uh, to try and grow your own audience as well. So let's get back to last week's uh, challenge, I guess. Last week, I introduced the whole idea about the lead magnet. Mm-hmm. So it was 
the fact that right now one of our big challenges is getting more people to opt in to our email list because we have um, what a couple of thousand people a day on the website, but not that many people are actually opting in. Um, we're building on in the olden days. So from last year, our general lead magnet, uh, so how to podcast ebook, used to get us about five to 10 people per day signing up. And that was when the traffic was maybe in the 500 to 1,000 a day mark. So from 500 to 1,000 people, let's say 750, on average, we're getting, say, seven and a half people. <laughs> so five to 10. Uh, so what's that? 1% conversion rate? 75 yeah <laughs> no it's not it's point uh, no it's point zero no it is 750 yes point one I mean, you'd imagine that I know a bit more yeah did physics at university uh, anyway so yeah one percent so it's a pretty low um, opt-in it's not entirely yeah so we actually found with a bit of experimentation we could get that opt-in up. So in the end, in the olden days, I was getting the opt-in, experimenting around different headlines, different formats. We managed to get the old ebook opt-in up to 2.2%. So a 2.2% conversion um, on all of our traffic. And that was off about 12,000 pop-ups, that last experiment. Um, so the idea and I, that I talked about the last time around is to start making things more specific. So to start making... Email opt-ins or lead magnets, I should say, that are specific to either a post or a category or a section of the site. It's unfeasible for most of us to make a lead magnet for every single post, but it's much more feasible to create one that's relevant to a category, which you'd hope would make the conversion a bit better. So, yeah, what are, what are the ones we've created recently then, Matthew? So we've got the, uh, well, I've been working on the ultimate kit bag yeah. one yeah, for yeah. Um, our equipment articles. So oh. basically put together a document of uh, my favourite equipment that I've used over the years, yeah. stuff that I'll never do without, <laughs> but then uh, brought in as well the sort of equipment that if money was no object, we would add to the inventory as well. Yeah, so, um, your dream bag. Some of the some of the really <laughs> high-end stuff that we definitely can't afford at this moment in yeah. time, but um, <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, people will be interested to read that because if you're at all interested in recording audio, at any sort of level, you you always want to know like yeah. what are people using, what mics are they using, what they're running into, Aye. what cables are they using, what yeah. headphones. So it's just um, yeah, it's a, a big long list of kit and why I like it or why I'd like to own it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's the kind of thing we we try and keep stuff realistic on the site, don't we? Because we don't want to we don't want people to be put off starting a podcast or running a podcast because mm. they overcomplicate things or it costs too much. But we all like to look at the expensive shiny kit don't we yeah yeah i mean a, a couple of weeks ago i did an article called uh, how much do i need to spend on podcast equipment yeah my answer like my answer to everything is buy a samsung q2u because yeah. you get a set of headphones a wee stand and a microphone yeah. and that's yeah. 60 dollars and that will do but Aye. you know if you uh, have been doing it for a couple of years and you're looking at getting a high-end setup then uh, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there as well yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always um, lusting over some bits of kit at some point or another. I mean, at the moment, there's a couple of microphones I'd love to try out. I don't know. The thing is, I don't necessarily think they'd improve anything. In fact, they wouldn't improve the show. They'd improve the sound maybe incrementally, but nobody normal would notice. So it's just like it's just a it's a coveting thing, isn't it? It's you want more shiny stuff. So yeah. Anyway, it's something that we thought we'd be interested to read. If somebody we knew that was really into their audio published a what's in their ultimate kit bag, we'd read it. So that's the idea. You create a lead magnet like that, 
that is interesting to your audience, that is relevant to a section of the site. For us, that's the equipment section of the site. So the most popular category on the whole site is podcast equipment. So we've created a lead bag that's much more tailored to that. So we're hoping we can get a better opt-in rate on that one. And that's one I'm going to make live this week. Um, to report back on last week, I mentioned the fact we created a Skype one as well, didn't we? That was You created that one, didn't you? Yeah, we've had... Uh, we designed this document quite a while ago and yeah, it was yeah. originally for our clients that we were working with. It was yeah. just part of the service we offered was we gave them a lot of resources that we'd made. And this is a wee uh, document that's designed to not only like get you savvy with you know the, the, the etiquette around Skype, yeah. um, the yeah. shutting off all the unnecessary stuff on your computers, yeah. the way you you know, um, keep people out of the room, just basic stuff yeah. like that, but it's a yeah. checklist. Hi. Um, and it's it, the, the idea behind this is that someone can email it in advance of an interview to mm. a guest who might not be so familiar with doing a recorded Skype interview. Yeah. And it's just, like I say, it's a checklist. So it's a, it's a very handy wee yeah. sheet. It's the basics for us, and probably for most people listening to this, it's nothing you won't know, but it's having a, a handy... So we're giving it away as a handy little resource that you can send to guests, because like you say, yeah, a lot of them don't know these basics and it can really improve your interview if you just prep people a little bit. So I added that to every page on the site that includes the word Skype in the URL. And I can do that through our uh, bit of email software, which is uh, SumoMe. I'm going to talk about a bit more about that on the next episode, actually, because that'll be the next action, I think, is installing that. But let's not jump ahead. Suffice to say that the email software that we are using lets you show particular pop-ups on particular pages with all sorts of different rules. So it could be a category, it could be a tag, it could be just a word in a URL. So I've put it to be any article that contains the word Skype in a URL because I know that every every article we write that relates to Skype uh, will have the Skype in a URL because that'll be one of the keywords or part of the key phrase that we're trying to target. So <laughs> let's go to the results on that one. The, the results, to be frank, are not the best. <laughs> They're at 0.5% conversion so far of 6,000 pop-ups, which isn't brilliant. Uh, it might be that my headline is just a bit shit, to be honest, uh, but I've tried it on two different ones and both of them haven't been great. So it'll take a bit more experiment and I'm going to try a few different pop-ups, a few more variations, a few different ways of delivering it. But it's a funny one that because I thought that would do really well. Um, but anyway, I won't I won't write it off yet because you it's only been a week. It's only been a small amount of pop-ups. So um, I'll report back on that over a month. I'm going to run this for a month and we're going to add the kit bag into the experiment this week as well. So I'll be able to report back on that next week, see what the conversion is on that. You can't base a rule off just one experiment. It needs to be repeated. It needs to be done a few times at least before you can create a rule off it. So uh, while the results haven't been great so far, I can't write it off yet. Purely anecdotal at this point. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and actually, do you know what? Uh, the the results have been a little bit better on some pages. So I'm getting um, 1.8% conversion off one or two pages on their own. Um, so it might be that actually it's just much more relevant to a couple of the pages within the uh, the Skype ecosystem of on our website. So I'll report back in the next couple of weeks and see how that's getting on. That takes us to the action for this week. So what we want you guys to do, what you can do out there to follow along with our experiments, to try and grow your own audience, try and create a new fan this week or today even. Now we're talking about lead magnets. 
I, last week I said create a lead magnet so last week Matthew you weren't here I can tell you no I, I told people to uh, the next blog post they write to actually just try and create a lead magnet from it so spend an extra half hour creating a checklist or a resource or something really simple just like an A4 page something very simple that relates to that that gives them a wee bit extra value um, so if it's in a how-to post maybe even record like a two-minute video showing how to as well as writing about it or a checklist that takes them through the steps of it so I hope you have done that for this week because the job now is to turn it into a pop-up so get a bit of software to do this the phone that I use is called Sumo Me uh, so this is by uh, company AppSumo run by Noah Kagan uh, it's on just sumo.com and it's a great wee tool and even better they've made it free for small sites at the moment so you can set up Sumo Me go to sumo.com set it up uh, on your website and you can set up using the list builder part of the tool you can set up a pop-up uh, and what you do is you go in there you put the pop-up in there um, you create yourself a headline, a bit of text, maybe an image to go along with it. And then you do a show rule. So there's a display rule and you can say show on only this page. And all you do is paste in the URL for that page and it shows on only that page. So that blog post that you've just written, you can take that extra resource, that extra checklist that you've created, and you can put it into just that page. So it's only shown on the one that's relevant. Now, I would say, actually, if you have no other pop-ups in the site, it might be that it's worthwhile putting it across the site anyway and seeing how it works everywhere. But that's the job for this week, is to go out there, get Sumo Me, and install it on your site and set up at least one pop-up. In fact, no, set up two. Let's do an EB test. Do do two and we'll do headlines. We'll compare some headlines. So create two quite different headlines and we can start to experiment because that's the whole point, experimenting. So if we put one, we won't really see what's better. But if you create two with two quite different headlines, then that means that you can see which variation is more effective and you can start to refine it from there. Um, the key here is to make the headlines very different. <laughs> so don't just this change one This one simple trick for reducing belly fat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Never seen a pop-up with that on it before. <laughs> Seven tips to reducing your belly size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I make up two quite different ones. And if you want to use some of those kind of BuzzFeedy style headlines to see if they work, then go for it. You might find they don't. You might find a more natural, honest one works a bit better. So that's the point of an A-B test, though. You can experiment and find out which one works more effectively okay and i'm going to talk about um this software we're pulling this into next week so right now sumo me is only going to be capturing those emails but it's not going to be putting it into an email uh capture an email bit of software a sort of an email manager um, and i'll talk about that next week the ones that we use so that's the experiment. I hope you do follow along. I hope, I'd love to start featuring people on the show in future. That's the intention. Within a few weeks, we're going to start getting people involved in future experiments, report back on their results as well. So if you are following along, if you do do this, then do get in touch. If you're watching the video, put a comment in below on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, get in touch either via Twitter, the podcast host, or email me at uh, info, email us at info at thepodcasthost.com and let us know how you're getting on and we'll try and feature your stuff on it too. Well, that's another episode of The Numbers Game. What do you think? Oh, Popping your numbers episode. game uh, cherry, how was it for you? Yeah, it was fantastic. Lots of <laughs> lots of experiment chat. So, um, Which you love. Yeah, get my white <laughs> lab coat on next time. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to force you to do some soon, don't worry. Instagram, that was your favourite, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I, I post a lot of photos of my rabbits on Instagram. <laughs> it sounds like a euphemism, but um, actual rabbits. Real rabbits, Small, actual fluffy furry, little animals. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I am. I've warmed Instagram over the last uh, four months. So yeah, yeah. Have you guys got much of an audience on there with the Scottish podcast? Um, just a, a handful of people, and I'm not sure they're all there uh, for the, the podcast. Maybe more the rabbits, or my, my handsome face, or my uh, <laughs> photos of my beer that I've been drinking. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. I've not, I've not looked too much in it, but maybe, maybe yeah. I should. Yeah. Well, that, I suppose that's part of the thing behind the experiments idea. It's, um, it's been a bit more purposeful about doing stuff, and it doesn't. That's the thing. It doesn't always need to be purposeful, does it? it, it half the time, these things are supposed to be fun, and they should be fun. But yeah, we can maybe have a play with it anyway. But yeah, anyway, if you're out there listening, I hope you got something out of that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, let me know what you think, as always. I mentioned last time around, we are playing with a show. We're, we're trying out formats. We're trying out new ways of doing things, um, integrating the video, the podcast, different formats, all that kind of stuff. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Be brutal in your feedback uh, without being nasty, obviously. Uh, but you can tweet us at the podcast host. You can email info at thepodcasthost.com. And if you are listening to the podcast of this, then please do give us a review on iTunes. That always helps things to progress well. It always helps us get out to more people. Um, you can find it at uh, on the numbers game on iTunes if you just search in the uh, in the directory. We're doing a iTunes review experiment. How many iTunes oh, yeah, yeah. reviews can we get? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good experiment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah but yeah please do get in touch this whole thing is going to thrive on the people that get involved like I said I want to do listener questions every single week we're not doing them yet because these shows doing the background story have been a bit longer than normal but in future definitely going to get the questions on and get people involved in the experiments as well and we want to see the progress people make get other stories on here as well thanks for joining me Matthew thank you I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed myself you don't need to say that. You can say you've been <laughs> bored to tears if you like. No, no. no it's been good. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye.